Hey everybody, welcome to episode one of the Dev Talks TV podcast. Thanks for joining me for episode number one of the Deb Talks TV podcast. I'm really excited to be taking Deb Talks TV into the podcasting world as I'm really hoping to have longer, more in-depth conversations with some amazing women. Now with Deb Talks TV, we focused mostly on success and the journeys of different women um, moving towards what success meant for them. That will kind of fall into this podcast a little bit too, but I'm really hoping to get down and dirty into those topics that we never really talk about because I want to talk about them and I want to find people who will talk to me about them too. So our first episode, we're talking about love, sex and relationships, and I have two fantastic guests. Now, you've seen them before on Deb Talks TV. The first one is Jill Prescott. Our wonderful Jill was interviewed maybe about a year ago. She is a spiritual pragmatist and a warrior of love. And Jill just recently released a book called No More Fucking Secrets, A Conversation for Freedom. And I knew she would be open to having this conversation with me. So thank you, Jill, for being on the show. And our second guest is Jill's roommate, actually. It's the lovely Andrea Hill. And Andrea is, she's been on Deb Talks TV a couple of times, actually. Andrea is a romantic facilitator for the dinner party, a more traditional uh, method of dating. If you're not quite into all of those dating apps or online dating, you might want to check out the dinner party and get connected with perhaps the love of your life. Anyway, we'll find out more about these fantastic women in this podcast. I really hope you enjoy it. Well, welcome to the very first Dev Talks TV podcast. I should probably rename that to Dev Talks podcast <laughs> or radio. I'm not sure. Um, and I'm really excited because I have two lovelies who I have interviewed Jill once, mm-hmm. Jill Prescott once, maybe a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. It's been and a while. Then, it's been a while, yeah. And then Andrea Hill, which we just did a check in last year I think last summer summer. so yeah so it's almost been a year and then there was a prior interview um maybe two years ago (laughs) (laughs) so welcome ladies Andrea is of course um host of the dinner party and Jill is still a spiritual badass as far as I know (laughs) um but I wanted you guys to I know kind of I've obviously watched you guys on social media so I know some stuff you've done since um but I'm gonna let you do more of a, a quick update um, yeah, so I don't know who wants to go first, Jill. Certainly I'm going first. Yeah. Andrea's motioning and Jill. Andrea hands it over. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a pretty productive year for me. Lots has happened and lots has been created. So since you and I talked, the book launched. Uh, no More Fucking Secrets, A Conversation for Freedom, launched last September. 
Um, and I'm getting some really great feedback from that. And, and it's, it's been very impactful for a lot of people. I'm sure some of them have read it and thrown it in the garbage, but uh, the people who actually tell me about it like it. Yes. <laughs> and that's what matters. That's right. <laughs> and I'm actually leading a group through it right now. So that's kind of been fun for me. Nice. And uh, in March, I did the TEDx Stanley Park. I was a speaker for TEDx Stanley Park in March. And um, yeah, so anybody listening, find me on YouTube. Jill Prescott, TEDx, will pop up, watch the video. It's all about the impact of keeping secrets. And, um, uh, yeah, so I have a goal for that of a million views by the end of the year. Yeah, Where so are you at just now? How can we help you? I think there's <laughs> 2,200 views right awesome. now. Okay. So we're on our way. And really when I think about it, uh, if all those 2,200 people shared it with five mm-hmm. people, I would get there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the ripple effect, people. Let's take advantage of it. Yeah, no, definitely. I know I've watched it um, a couple of times, and the first time I watched it, I actually sobbed, and it was before I had to do any work. <laughs> so I, was like, I guess it was good. I got all my tears out before my day, yeah. and I did share it too. So hopefully, mm-hmm. there was a few people. Yeah, for sure. It. But it's it's amazing. So make mm-hmm. sure to. Thank you. Watch. Thank you. You haven't already. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else? I, I think know, just a TED thing. talk and just a book. That's it. <laughs> 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 I think those are the biggies. Yeah. And the business has, you know, shifted and grown and, and evolved a little bit since then and some different programs and stuff. But yeah, I think I'm doing the same type of thing since the last time we talked and, and just evolving how it looks in the world. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's mm. good to hear. I'm glad. Mm. Thanks, Jill. All right, Andrea, tell us yeah. the dinner party. Yeah, the dinner party's still going strong. Two-year anniversary this last oh. February. Um, and it's produced a marriage and a baby in its oh, wow. short two years, <laughs> which is a little feather in my cap. I, I could retire now. I've created a child. <laughs> Um, and, and it continues to evolve and grow. My long-term plan is for it to be a global thing. I call myself a, a dating industry disruptor, and the dinner party is one way to do that. So it's still helping people come together, have a really lovely dating experience, and have an authentic connection on a date as opposed to doing the human face shopping. Um, slowing things down where my industry is speeding things up. So there's that focus. And then what I have um, added to my, you know, kit of skills is that I've taken on an active role as a coach. So I do a beautiful program called Create Your Love Story. And I do one-on-one coaching. And then I help people that maybe are trying to navigate the online medium. And I do consulting with them to really show them how to to use that tool effectively. Mm -hmm. So um, pretty much everything I do is just to help people have a better dating experience. (laughs) uh, Connect with themselves so they can better connect with others. That's awesome. And your coaching, you can do that via Skype. They don't just have to be in Vancouver or... Anywhere in the world, yeah, yeah. anywhere in the world, the online program. So the Create Your Love Story program happens twice a year. Okay. The next one's about to launch right away, and then uh, the next one will be late fall. Awesome. Yeah, and if you are, you know, if you're a man and you're listening, if you don't want to do it in the community program, which is um, women-based, female-based, I do do the program for men one-on-one because guys tend to be... Not big shares and big groups, whereas women thrive in that environment, typically. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. And the dinner party right 
now? You're in Vancouver. Are you in any other cities when you organize those? I, I'm in Vancouver. I, you know, I flirt with the Okanagan, um, but I really want to get it right in Vancouver, BC, and I'm testing out a market that's one of the toughest. Mm-hmm. So, um, Trial by fire. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, it's teaching me a lot, which I hope will really just give me the chops to run it more effectively and, and have the knowledge to give to those that want to potentially become hosts in different cities around the world mm-hmm. with a global expansion. And then Another thing that I'm doing to kind of shake the dating tree in Vancouver is I have a new initiative called Connect Vancouver. So I go out weekly and I do what I call a cafe pop-up chat sessions. Mm-hmm. I bring a little sign. I'm that girl. <laughs> so cool. Glossy sign that it. says I invite you to sit down and have a conversation with me about dating and love. And yes, they do go together. And it's been a fascinating experience so far. I'm doing it to create awareness. Even if people walk by and they see the sign and they laugh at me, that's totally cool. But it will get them thinking. It's planted a seed. Exactly. Um, But then those that sit down, what they've been sharing has been really interesting. So talking about what's happening within Vancouver with um, dating and the dynamics between men and women. And yes, the gay community, I am coming for you, but... uh, let me get this part right first. <laughs> and um, and then looking to start up the uh, monthly sessions where I get a panel of men together and a panel of women together and I lead the conversation about what their experience is like in Vancouver. And, and that's been really rewarding so far. Oh, that will be fascinating. Mm-hmm. I it will is. definitely be signing up to watch those. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to hear what other people say. I've had you know, the Vancouver dating experience, and it's it's a tough one. Mm-hmm. It's a bit of a heartbreaker, but it'll be good to get other perspectives. And I'm curious, with the cafe pop-ups, are you getting a lot of people coming to, to sit down, or are you still getting a lot of kind of questionable? I get, well, I get both. both? Okay. I, I get the raise of the eyebrow and the snicker. I get yeah. the full-on pointing and laughing. Oh, and wow. I get those that actually sit down and engage with me. Interestingly enough, ladies, it's all been men that have sat down and had conversations with me and had really open, honest conversations about what's been happening for them. Um, And there's gifts in every conversation. So, And then I go online and I share what I learn from each one with the Gen Pub. So just about opening up a conversation to really connect Vancouver. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I love it. I love it. If I see you, I'll come talk to you. Yeah. Well, and I post on Instagram where I am, so I go to random cafes all over Vancouver. Okay, awesome. Keep an eye out for that, people. <laughs> all right, awesome. Well, it's great to have you both. Um, as I had mentioned, all I really wanted to talk about today uh, was the topic of relationships, some love, some sex, some, you know, the, the S word, oh no, um, and just kind of... I guess I do these podcasts for myself because I want to talk about this shit. And it's really hard to find people who are open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that you two pretty much are. You know, <laughs> you're willing to talk to strangers about dating and relationships in cafes. And Jill, you have a book called No Fucking Secrets. So I was like, I think I know who could do this. <laughs> anyway, 
So I guess the the first question I have, and I'll take it back to you, Andrea. This will I guess will be easiest probably for you to answer because it's your job. But Jill, hey, jump in <laughs> at any point. It's really kind of advice for people in Vancouver or anywhere in the world, really, who are single and who are looking and who are you know ready to give up. What would you oh. say? <laughs> what would you? Well, don't tell give up. Me? That's the first thing. Yeah, yeah don't don't, don't give up. Yeah, mm-hmm. don't give up. Um, but if you are frustrated, it might be time to take a little time out and, and get a little curious as to where that frustration is originating from. Mm-hmm. The one thing that comes up a lot is people like to sort of point fingers outside of them towards it's Vancouver, it's the environment, it's the men, it's the women. But you need to take some ownership as to what role you're playing in all of it. Interestingly enough, the women say that the men don't approach. And then when you talk to the men, the men say that the women aren't approachable. Mm -hmm. So depending on who you are, you have to be open to not only take the initiative and engage others, but also be welcoming to those that are taking the initiative to engage you. And what I see so often is heads down, or if you make eye contact and smile at someone, they think you're going to rob them. And (laughs) we need to get over that. I just was having a conversation with someone yesterday, and they said 10 years ago, the city wasn't like that. Now it's just just been getting increasingly cooler and colder and cooler. And Vancouverites are great people. They're warm, friendly people, but you got to kind of chip past the facade to get to the delightful things underneath. So if you start living and being what you want, you not only will attract those people to you, but maybe embolden others to be the same. So that would be my first piece of advice. Yeah, no, I love that. One thing I just thought of while you were saying that is I saw this quote on Facebook. Of course, it's always Facebook with the quotes. And someone's quote was, you know, stop telling people Um, that they have to love themselves before anyone else will love them because you're just, you know, making them feel worse. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I've heard that so many times and I know when there was a point I was single and I had that book, Calling in the One, (laughs) um, which sounded really cheesy, but actually is a fucking brilliant book. Mm -hmm. Um, It's about working on yourself, really. And eight chapters into that, I met someone. So, hey, I think that works. (laughs) But, um, you know, one of the, the things is really kind of learning to love yourself before you meet that person. But then I thought that was an interesting point that um, that quote had picked up on is that sometimes it can be a bit you know no one's ever going to love you if you don't love yourself well I mean Jill I'm sure will agree with this is that there's truth in that statement but then you can't just leave someone hanging if someone isn't loving themselves they might not know how to and being able to go to someone like Jill or myself Mm -hmm. or someone else that can help you with that connection and kind of guide you um, back home to yourself to establish that relationship before you're able to really successfully connect with another person. There's there's a lot of truth in that, but it, it's not just a meme. That's yeah. right. <laughs> and the other part of it, you know, what I want to say too, it's not like you can, you can find a relationship when you don't love yourself mm. and you're going to have a relationship with somebody else who doesn't love themselves and it's gonna, that's what you end up with. So it depends on what kind of a relationship you're looking for. Mm. I mean, I had lots of relationships before I really, really fell in love with myself. And there was problems in the relationship. (laughs) And most of the time I said it was their issue. Mm -hmm. So when I took, you know, got in front of the mirror and looked at myself and said, 
it all starts here, Jill, so figure it out. And really took the time and did the work and was willing to keep sticking my feet back in the water and, and going and going. That's how eventually the person who was a match for me showed up in my life. Yeah. But it's not, like you said, it's not a maim. It's not, this isn't overnight work. We keep doing this for the rest of yeah. our lives. Yeah. So, you know, don't lose heart and you got to look inside. You got to start with you every time. Yeah. And, and you need to do the work. Yeah. Not, yeah. You, you, there's two things. You can't stay at home and hope that a boyfriend's going to materialize. Not come in the door. That's kind of what Chris was doing before he met me. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't like, you, there's no magic lamp. You no. need to get out there. And take acts of vulnerability and putting yourself mm-hmm. out there. But you also need to practice that when you are home alone. That's right. Practice those acts with yourself as well. Um, and, you know, in this day and age, there's so much um, access that you have to programs and people that can help you do this. That's right. Find Whereas, the flavor that matches you. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And if someone's voice really resonates with you, do a little investigative work. Mm-hmm. and uh, get on a discovery call with them and see if it's a good fit. You yeah. know, any relationship yeah. you want to see is a good fit. Yeah. But someone that's going to help guide you back home to yourself is, is really key. Yeah. 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 And that's a good point. You know, we, uh, so many people want to do this on their own. They're, they're embarrassed about it. They don't feel like they deserve to have help. There's all kinds of reasons people don't reach out. And they read books, which is great because sometimes a book will crack you open but most of the time people read the book and then put it back on the shelf going wow that was really great and then nothing changes so it's all of us I mean I with what I do for a living what Andre does for a living we both still have mentors and coaches and and support and all of that even with each other and and outside of our friendship as well so you need that I'm sorry but there's the chances of you working through all of your stuff in on your own it's slim because that's not not how we're built we're built for community we're built for that and that doesn't mean that you have to pay a ten thousand dollars for three months coach to get your shit together there's lots of ways of you know there's lots of things that you can do that don't cost a lot of money that have you show up in community with other people to work through this stuff there's tons of free facebook groups if you just want to do it virtually yeah, and you know, meetup groups. And meetup groups, yeah, exactly. So many of them. Just find the one that resonates. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I find the books that really do help. You know, if you are on a budget and you just want to yep. pick up a book, the books that really do help are ones like yours where there's a meditation or there's an action that you have to take at the end yep. of each chapter. Like the one I had been using, Calling in the One, had a thing each chapter mm-hmm. to work on. Um, and that's really what made the difference. You can read all about this that's stuff, right. but if you actually don't take any action, then yep. now it's going to happen. Exactly. It's going to happen. And can I, I just want to say that it's this work that you do in your relationship to self is the priority. Mm-hmm. It it most likely will result in a loving relationship, yeah. not just romantic, but in all aspects, Friendships, and all, everywhere. But the commitment has to be to yourself yeah. because you're a little out of integrity if you're only doing it to get something. Mm-hmm. So just make sure that that's all in alignment with really what the important thing is, which is your relationship with you. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and there's lots of people out there that are dating from um, a place of pain or unresolved pain or frustration or anger that a lot of them aren't even aware of. They're just sort of flailing in the dark, and um, you don't have to. I'm going to point. I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to speak to what you just said a little bit as well because. You're right. You you really do need to be, if you want to have it completely effective, you do need to be doing it for yourself. And if the catalyst that starts you on the inside journey is that you want a relationship, I'm totally down with that. <laughs> because you are going to end up back here mm -hmm. as self if you're working with me or you or anything. They may come to us saying they want better relationships. And, and that may be the, the draw that pulls them into their self-work, but surprise. As long as it's self-work <laughs> yeah. self yeah. and yeah. it's not, um, so what I see in my industry is that people will go and learn how to be a conversationalist yes. or how to pick someone up. Yeah, okay. mm -hmm. yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. And that's, that's not what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. We're talking about doing the deep inner work yeah. and establishing that relationship with self so you have yeah. a more deep and yeah. honoring connection with other people. Yeah. yeah. No matter the style of relationship you're looking for. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's with your parents or your friends Whatever. or yeah. Yeah, exactly. colleagues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, you brought up a good point about lots of people out there kind of in pain, you know, mm -hmm. looking for relationships or in a relationship. And Jill, I want to take it over to you because I have been kind of rereading through your book and I've watched the TED talk and um, you talk a lot about the trauma that you've gone through, um, mm -hmm. you know, since you were really young. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I'll, I don't want to divulge too much because I want people to go and watch your TED talk. And I want them <laughs> you to can divulge your whatever book. you want. Just um, but like, it was like, hell, I've gone through nothing like that. Like I can't even fathom mm -hmm. um, what has gone on in, you know, the past that you've kind of come through. How do you move forward now? Or how did you, I know you're in a great place now and it's just amazing to see, but like, how did you move through that and start to date? again and be in a healthy relationship with your guy now Chris right mm -hmm. yeah. like I know I'm assuming it took a hell of a long time this might be a really <laughs> long answer but I guess more it's just like what advice do you have for people who have gone through really traumatic relationships or traumatic events in their mm -hmm. past and they want to move forward in a loving relationship yeah you know it's I'm gonna say it comes back again to the inner work and there's no easy pill. There's not one thing that you can do that's going to resolve. And your journey through it is going to be unique. How I am as a person, what happened for me, impacted me in a certain way. And so it led me to, to uh, do the healing work in the way that I needed to do the healing work. And I'll tell you, I ignored it for, a, for most of my life. I'm 50 now, and I was 40 before I even, like... More than that, I was just FYI. You did not look fifty years old. <laughs> <off there. laughs> okay, I was I was okay. forty three before I even considered the deeper work. Mm -hmm. uh, now I started doing stuff in my twenties, but I would kind of again ease my way into a little bit and thought, oh, I'm all better now. And then I continued to, you know, fall into negative relationships. And I mean, with friends, with family, with lovers, with all of it. So. For anybody who has gone through a lot of trauma, there's a couple things to know. First of all, it does not define you. You are not your trauma. You are not what you went through in the past. That is not the truth of who you are. So if you can understand that, then you can start to unravel the impact that it's had, see it for what it was, um, go into that place of acknowledging, first of all, because a lot of times we don't even want to acknowledge what happened. Uh, we don't want to see it for what it was. 
And then there's steps. There's acknowledging, there's understanding the impact, there's taking responsibility for it. And, and that's a big one for people, by the way, <laughs> because it implies, when I say take responsibility for it, I don't mean in the way of, I, I'm not responsible for my rapist, for what he did. I'm not responsible for his actions. However, when I look back on my life at that time, I can see how how I was brought me to a place where that was even possible. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not in a way of making myself feel bad or guilt or shame or any of that. It's like, an, oh, wow, look at that pattern. Look at that pattern. And the moment you see the pattern, you can alter the behavior yeah. and, and really start to understand the interconnectedness and how even, uh, you know, now, and maybe for somebody who's just starting this, I want you to get that I don't expect everyone to even get what I'm going to say, but I'm in a place of really deep love for this person and a place of um, compassion for him because imagine how much pain you have to be in to do something like Mm -hmm. that to somebody. So you come to a place where you can, you can really just be present with the gifts in it and acknowledge that this is what happened. So there's a way to move through. And then it is a a constant um, uh, acknowledgement and going back to and seeing the layers and the layers and layers of what all of this have brought to you. I, I often say that we fill our medicine bag from our pain. So what you have been through in your life, everything that you considered painful or suffering or trauma and all of that is really, if, you, if you're willing to look deeply into it, it's where your biggest gifts lie. Mm-hmm. It's where your purpose in this world shows up. Yeah. Wow. And is incredibly liberating. Oh. Because mm-hmm. if you don't want to look and you avoid it, it's going to come looking for you oh, anyways yeah. mm-hmm. and take you down in a way until you start paying attention. Yeah. yeah. So if you can, especially if you have the support to take the look mm-hmm. and take you through that process that Jill shared, then the liberation on the other side mm. is so worth all oh, of yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I, I would not change anything in my life right now. Wow. Nothing. Yeah. I mean, and after kind of reading what you've gone through, it's amazing that you're at a place where you can you can see that and I'm not anyone yeah. special this is not like <laughs> I'm not you know some aber- aberration or some you know out I'm of this to pay yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I'm not you know you and I say that because I want people to get it's in my it was in my willingness that's mm-hmm. the, that's it you mm-hmm. need to be willing mm-hmm. and the moment you're willing then the the, the universe will uh, conspire to bring you what you need to start moving forward. Yeah. Wow. And just curious, I know, I think in your book, you said you did reach out to um, someone who had abused you yes. in the past. How did that conversation go? <laughs> if you're willing to share. Yeah. Um, so uh, initially um, there was a bit that her back went straight up. So mm-hmm. initially there was some swearing and, and like, you know, it was not cool. And I, and I still, I could get out it's okay. I'm not, I'm not upset. I'm, I'm not calling to be angry with you. Can you just listen to me for a minute? And, and once I had, once she calmed down then, and I could share with her why I was phoning and it was, I wanted to make sure she was okay. That was it. And let her know that I was okay. Cause I couldn't imagine when she had her own children 
And she remembered what happened when we were younger. I couldn't imagine having to carry that weight and worry about somebody as the, as the, as the person who was the perpetrator, how painful that would be. And I didn't want, I wasn't suffering anymore and I didn't want her to suffer. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to know that her kids were okay and that she had broken the chain of abuse that had been in the family. So yeah, wow. that's what happened. Wow. And she was fairly open yes. once you had to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. There was lots of tears yeah. and lots of, yeah. And, and she had, she had done some work herself okay. and had broken that, that chain. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. Mm. Um, I'm going to open this up to both of you. And I think as sex, you, are we going to talk about sex? We are soon. <laughs> we are <laughs> You're like dying. Yes. <laughs> I had to throw it out there. So we, we got a little bit of foreplay. For we, we got all on. significant for a while. So. <laughs> come on, slow it down. Um, I actually, Leo, let's go. I think actually, Angie, you and I may have kind of touched on this in the past and past um, interviews that we've done, but I just for both of you, communication in a relationship. Mm. So you're in a relationship with someone, and hey, this could be parents, this could be partners, whatever, uh, other family members. Um, Just, I still struggle. So I guess I'm asking this more for myself, but I know other people will relate. I still struggle to open up and tell people exactly how I feel or what I want. And I mean, even in business, we're all entrepreneurs, right? So when you're dealing with clients it's still hard to not be that yes person. When it comes to sex, you know, I was that silly, naive young girl and sometimes I would sleep with someone when I kind of knew I didn't want to. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how do you take that step, I guess, um, into being br- brave enough, I guess, if that's the word, mm-hmm. to, to say no or to be clear on what you want out of a relationship? Mm. Well, boundaries are are key, and I think a lot of us don't maybe sit and think about really what our boundaries are and maybe acknowledge what they've been in the past and have Mm -hmm. felt out of integrity and not felt really good and, you know, um, get into the conversation of maybe why you are making those choices. But every moment you have an opportunity to make a different one Mm -hmm. and a new one and ones that honor you. And um, I love Brené Brown's explanation of what a healthy boundary is, is simply what's okay and what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get to decide that, not mm-hmm. somebody else. And I think often we become yes people, especially women, because we want to please and we want to be accepted. And um, unfortunately, when we do that, we're sacrificing a bit of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in doing it, we're also sending a very clear message to the other individual that we don't hold ourselves in very high regard. And whether they get that on a conscious level or not, they then think, well, I'm not going to hold you in very high mm-hmm. regard either. Mm-hmm. And then we're disappointed when we have an expectation for them to step up when we give so much. We want it in return. Mm-hmm. And when they don't, we're disappointed. Yeah. So it's, it comes back to responsibility again. And us saying, asking for what we want, which is another big challenge for many women, 
um, because we're not really supported to do that as we're raised, right, as young women. Um, you know, uh, I remember, you know, little girls are to be seen and not heard, like that kind of malarkey. Yeah. And it's up to us to reclaim our power. And there's nothing wrong with setting a boundary. And if someone's not willing to honor that boundary, then that's not someone that you necessarily want in your romantic orbit or even mm-hmm. friendship or business. Do you really want to be in business with someone that's not going to honor your boundary and what's important to you? But you need to stay in integrity with self. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we're really the first generation at my age and your age, Andrea. You're younger than I am. But still, we're the first generation that has had enough, um, has felt safe enough to even start talking about this, Mm -hmm. about creating our boundaries. So we got to give ourselves a lot of grace and a lot of room here. And so you're, how old, can I ask how old you? Yeah, I just turned 35. Yeah. (laughs) So even, right. So you're, um, it's like this age group anywhere from really from Mm -hmm. 35 to 50. And we're the, the generation of women who have had the opportunity to stand for ourselves. And what you said, Andrea, is so true. Even in our own childhood, that was not how it was. So the young women coming up today have got a very different view of that. And if you notice, there's the younger ones. They don't have any problem asking for yeah. what they want. They'll <laughs> say whatever. And they've almost gone to the, you know, like they're way out the other side of this. So I, we've got to understand, too, that we carry generationally in our cellular structure our ancestry, mm-hmm. especially on the feminine side, from the mother, the grandmother, great-grandmother. And we are really healing and altering that way of being uh, by standing in our power and saying what we need and being able to speak. So, and it takes a tremendous amount of courage. So if we keep honoring ourselves every time we do that, that is a big deal. And I was going to say practice earlier. It's in the practice of being able to speak your truth, but it really, it is every time really honor yourself for doing that. And when you don't, it, it's, it should never be a matter of um, condemning yourself for it either. It's yeah. just a matter of looking, noticing right there where you did lose power and then choosing differently. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with going back after you've said yes to say, you know what? I thought about this more. It really doesn't work for me. And I'm a no. No. Yeah, reestablishing your boundary yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Ne- it's never too late. Yeah. It's yeah. never too late. Yeah. And although I think our youth is um, better at standing their ground and asking for what they want, women are still spoon fed, especially our young girls, through media, social media, a television, film, as the sex objects, yes. and they don't really have a voice. And you know, you're not even aware how this infiltrates your line of thinking. And I still, I've got friends who have young kids and I see the struggles that especially the young girls go through and even the boys as well. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can speak out and empower them and let let them know actually what a boundary is. Mm -hmm. You know, it's another meme. We we say these things, but we don't really give context to it. Mm -hmm. And we need to empower them. I think, you know, lots could be done in our schools to help young people as well. When they would have a way better time in their 20s. Oh, I And you're saying yes and no to stuff that you don't really want to. Yeah. Um, and being able to really honor yourself. It's about honoring yourself. Yeah. 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 No, I, you know, it still breaks my heart um, on social media when you see I've got a lot of, I guess, 
late teens, almost early 20 uh, cousins Mm -hmm. who are Mm -hmm. in that age range. And they're all on Snapchat, um, which can be fun and it's, it's fun and great. But I still get really upset when I see um, young girls put those filters on them where it makes their eyes look more, I don't know, dazzling or <laughs> big eyelashes. Or, you know, you can see that they've tried to like shape their face and mm-hmm. it's like, you're so perfect the way you are. Yeah. You don't need to do that. Yeah. I know yeah. it's maybe just fun, but it still yeah. makes my heart sink a little when I see well, you that. Know, and, and there's a lot of... <laughs> I'm going to go off in a little bit of a different direction here, but there are a lot of uh, people who are very committed to us not having our voice for very good reasons, Mm -hmm. because as women come more and more into speaking their truth, this will alter how the world works. So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of uh, 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 money and commitment to keeping us quiet. Yeah. So we're going, and it, and it's insidious, like you said, and in, in, in what you were talking about too, it's all in our media. It's all over. They're going to do their very best to keep mm-hmm. us quiet. Um, you know, and unfortunately for them, uh, it's not going to work. Yeah. So, and that's evidenced. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just want to bring it back to like your original question with a point. And, you know, we, we, sacrifice little parts of ourselves and say mm-hmm. yes when we mean no yeah. a lot of the time because we desire acceptance yeah. we don't want to be rejected mm-hmm. i could go on a whole tangent about Thank rejection <laughs> um that said but when you do this try shifting your perspective to this instead of being concerned about not being accepted look at it as a way of establishing from almost cutting the chafe between those that are going to value you and those Mm -hmm. aren't Mm -hmm. so you stand your ground and if someone's not going to honor what you say is okay and what isn't then they don't get to participate in your life Mm -hmm. and that's how you know by establishing those firm boundaries that the people around you honor that part of you and acknowledge and accept all of those things So use it as a tool of bringing those that love you and really see you for who you are than the ones that are going to try and potentially tear you down or take advantage. Yeah. And that all comes real easy when you love yourself. Yeah. 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 I think that's definitely been a lesson Um, for me. I think building a business Mm. has definitely taught me that more than anything. (laughs) Um, Don't step over anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And setting prices and things like that Mm. um, has definitely helped. You know, that's even carried on into relationships, which is great, but it's a great point. So thank you for Mm. that. Um, One thing I wanted to also... um, I guess kind of I guess it would come into fall into communication and it may even bring us onto the subject of sex but uh, <laughs> telling a loved one your secrets mm-hmm. I mean you've talked a lot about this and I'm sure Andrea in your work you maybe get clients who are concerned because something's happened and they're not quite sure how to tell the person that they're mm-hmm. dating that one how do you approach if you've you know you have a big secret whether it's you sexually abuse someone or you have been abused in mm-hmm. your own life or you know something else yeah. um what's the best way to kind of break into those conversations you know i think uh, i'm going to just establish something here around the whole sharing of secrets too we always want to share them especially the big ones 
in a space in which we're going to be respected and honored. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to cause more trauma for ourselves. So if you're going to share it, make sure that it's a safe space. And if you're in a relationship and it doesn't feel like a safe space to share a secret, then you're probably not in the right relationship. So it's a good (laughs) indicator. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, again, a lot of gentleness and love for ourselves through this whole thing. Um, It's certainly not something you'd bring up on the first date. Um, But if you're in a relationship and you're planning on continuing it, Uh, then there's going to be a time and a place for it. So, you know, I certainly don't feel compelled to share um, everything on when, well, I shouldn't say that because apparently I share everything with everybody, (laughs) but I don't feel like people should be compelled, feel compelled Mm -hmm. to spill everything because a lot of, I I, seriously, if I wasn't on this, like, uh, I don't know, mission, I guess, to help people release themselves I am so sick of talking about my shit like really I mean I get tired of telling the stories and I do it because of my what I'm out to to create is that it's safe to say these things that it's not going to destroy you that you can actually move through this stuff and so in the spirit of making a difference for people I'll tell the stories as long as they need to be told Mm -hmm. Uh, but it certainly doesn't uh it doesn't need, you don't want to tell it if it's going to re-traumatize you unless, and yeah. you want to make sure you're very safe when you do it. Yeah. No. Yeah. I would speak to, um, and I just talked about this recently on a live video about establishing trust, trust first and mm-hmm. foremost, uh, revisiting, um, do you have a really strong foundation of you trusting yourself? Yeah. And then um, sharing those parts of yourself, creating that safe space with those other individuals because they've earned that trust. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, lots of props to Brené Brown today, but uh, <laughs> she talks about braving and she takes you through that acronym of different ways that you can check in. And it's a beautiful way to check in to see, am I integrity with this? Am I, am I in, in a t- integrity with this? Mm-hmm. And you can use that same thing with those around you mm-hmm. and see, she talks about people who fill your marble jar. And is this someone who doesn't, you know, I share something with and then doesn't go and tell everybody else? Mm -hmm. Um, Is this someone who shows up when they say they're going to show up Mm -hmm. or, you know, walks their talk? Um, There's uh, someone who respects your boundaries. Um, There's someone that's in integrity. Uh, There's someone who... um, Kind of think of the other one is generous, is generous with their time. Are you generous with yourself? Are you taking care of you? And is the person that you're considering sharing this vulnerable information with, are they generous with you as well? So it's creating what's what are the pieces that create the safe space for you? And if you can go through that and see where there might be an imbalance within yourself or possibly within the relationship, then you can work on shoring that up and having that level of communication Mm -hmm. with that person in order to eventually, you know, liberate yourself and educate them to deepen the intimacy of your relationship. Mm -hmm. And also understand that if someone loves you and you're about to share something in your past that was really painful, give them space as well. Because mm-hmm. don't have an expectation on the reaction. Mm-hmm. Because if you're if it's painful for you still, they're going to feel that pain and need to grieve as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we have to be really generous in that way as mm-hmm. well with when we're sharing something so intimate that um, we are consciously aware of how it might land over there with them. 
that's a great point. Yeah, because you just kind of expect drop perhaps. a bomb on them and then they yeah. don't know how to manage it. Yeah, yeah. and I'm I mean, concerned you... for you and how they feel about whatever it is you're sharing. Yeah, and ask permission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of set up that space. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's something I I want to I'd love to share with you about my past. It was a painful thing for me. There was trauma. Are you in a place where you can really hear this? Yeah, no, that's awesome. And asking for what you need. What does that yeah. look like when yeah, I exactly. share it with you? This is what I, I need you to just listen. Yeah. I just need you to, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, awesome. Okay, well, we're going to switch it up a little bit, and we're going with Jill's favorite topic. <laughs> it's sexy time. <laughs> it's sexy time. <laughs> I became my favorite job, God, I <laughs> I really wish I had raised to that salt and pepper song. <laughs> so salt and pepper. So let's, let's talk, talk about, about sex. sex. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one. I actually, it's so funny. Was it that one? Or there was another song when I was like in elementary school. So primary school for us Brits, elementary school for you guys. Um, And who was it? It was like a boy band. Was it a boy band? And it was I Want to Sex You Up or something. It was a terrible song. Yeah. Yeah. So I really can't remember who sang that. But I was going to go public. She's like, I can't sing. And then she's she's belting out two. Now I she forgot I've got my karaoke. own living room. <laughs> you know, I've got two karaoke numbers now. Yeah. But um, when that song came out, so I must have been, I'm taking a rough estimate, seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't say the word sex. Mm. I thought it was like a bad word, like mm. fuck or shit or whatever. <laughs> yeah. It was in the same, and I don't, I mean, I, I was raised Catholic, so that same. kind of had something to mm-hmm. do with it. Um, but I mean, even at that age, I I don't recall that early on if I had a knowledge of what that even was. I just, in my mind, thought it was a bad thing. And I I think that's really interesting when I look back mm-hmm. to that. that I mean, how times have changed. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just like when you think back to your childhood, was there, I don't know, any memories or anything at that age that you, you know, you would think is absurd now? To- well, I'll tell you a bit. This is... And, and this speaks to how okay I am with the abuse. But uh, so one of the things that was happening when I was nine, and this is in the book and everywhere else, so uh, is that I was being uh, sexually abused and physically emotionally abused by three girls in the neighborhood. So you know, I, at nine, I was really sexually active, and uh, not with boys, but with girls. But I knew what sex was because they were trying to get me to have sex with boys. So I knew how the mechanics of it were. And we had lots of talk around that whole thing. And there was older kids around all the time. And then when I found out that's how you make babies, I swore up and down there was no way my parents did that. (laughs) There was no way. Like, I mean, I could have told you all about blowjobs and cunnilingus and everything else you can imagine. But there's no way my parents made babies by having sex. I don't know. It was just so, I don't know. It was, it's weird, right? But that's, yeah, yeah. it was just that there was, because there was no healthy conversations about I know. it. There wasn't. Yeah. All I, of my learning was from people who were not <laughs> being nice to me. <laughs> so it was, you know, there yeah. was just no, there were no conversations in the house. There was no conversations yeah. at school. So it, it, it was just nothing healthy. Yeah. And I was raised Catholic too, so yeah. nobody wanted so to talk about nothing. it. I mean, yeah. I I don't even, you know, people used to say there was always that conversation. It was in our religious ed- education class. <laughs> 
about sex education, but I don't even remember. Maybe I was sick that day, but I have no recollection of it. So I'm like, I don't even think that happened. Yeah, I don't I even think that happened. I remember, I remember sex like ed in school. Really? Yeah, I, I remember it in high school. school. I didn't remember it in grade I think I was like school. grade three or something. Oh, okay. God, you're lucky. Yeah, I remember sex ed school. I mean, I don't think I left those classes going, oh, I know how it all works. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I know where my bits and pieces were and yeah. what their function was, but beyond that, no, not really. I have a sister that's eight years older than me, so um, I don't think, and, and Jana, I'm sorry, this isn't, I hope this doesn't come across the wrong way, but <laughs> sex wasn't taboo, like, it, it, I, you know, uh, my mom was a single mom for a long time, I, I, we were very powerful women in the house, it never felt taboo, I saw naked women, and I've seen naked men at a young age. Um, so it never seemed illicit or anything like that to me. That said, I didn't have sex until, God, 19? Okay. Yeah. But I think because of the environment that I grew up in, it was never like this thing that I couldn't have. Which is, yes, and and that's exactly why we want it so bad. (laughs) These people who don't want to talk about sex with young people... Because they want them not to have it, are making them want to have it. I know. Because a kid always wants what they can't have. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when I ended up having it, I was like, is that it? (laughs) 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 You know, and that's again where like film and stuff come on. It's like someone climbs on top of you and I'm supposed to be having an orgasm with it. That's just not what happens. So there was definitely a lot of sexual exploration through my 20s yeah. and and understanding, you know, boundaries and what was okay and what wasn't. But I think there was enough. I was raised, and not intentionally, I don't think, but just there was the freedom there of expression that it was never a curiosity to me because it felt comfortable. All of that mm. felt yeah. comfortable. And that is such yeah. a perfect uh, 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 testimony for, for anybody who's not talking to their kids about sex and is shut down about it. Well, and the funny thing is, is that I've had friends ask me to come talk to their kids about sex. Oh, wow. Because they're uncomfortable yeah. about talking to their kids about yeah. sex. And I know what the education system is like and what they're teaching our young people and it's not enough yeah it's not just the mechanics so much comes into play and there's definitely room for growth there with <laughs> we there's have the, imparting, of the entire imparting, yeah, <laughs> imparting wisdom upon them it, i mean emotionally and right. from you know just the sexual aspect of things as well yeah. it's just yeah. so so much that they wouldn't struggle and yeah be horrified or think is that just it that's not what you want to think not your first, first time um, mine certainly wasn't any better but um, I think like for me I got most of my education from like magazines in the UK there was a magazine and it could have been out here too called Just 17 mm-hmm. and it was like a teenage magazine yeah. and you would read the, the problem page I mean now mm-hmm. you just go online and you find everything but you know what <laughs> I was still like early days of the internet and quite yeah. Now there's the Dan Savages of the world. Exactly. So I, right. know. Everything. I know. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just had to kind of like piece things together and then, you know, stupidly had sex at a young age, still not really understanding what it was or mm-hmm. 
what I was doing and, you know, probably didn't orgasm for, I don't know, for years. Like <laughs> I had my first orgasm on the back of a horse. I was in oh. a class. I was horseback riding. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> I had a discussion with my mother, and I was like, oh, I need to horseback ride. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've just given the horseback riding industry the biggest boost. <laughs> That's why they're all randy. Everybody because... wants to know what, what saddle you were riding. <laughs> An English saddle. Yeah, I don't know the Western was really hard to get out there, but English saddles, yeah. Thumbs up. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I, um, I think I had watched Sex in the City, the episode where, um, was it Charlotte gets the rampant rabbit yes. vibrator and then oh went and bought one of those and I'm pretty sure it was that that gave me my first orgasm. <laughs> um, we should thing. be the ones who give ourselves our first orgasm. <laughs> really. Because yeah, well, it lets us know our bodies and that yeah. we have all of the power to handle that stuff ourselves. Yeah. And then it becomes this beautiful gift we get to share with somebody else. Yeah. Well, and part of, uh, you know, that's a, a great thing is masturbation is a way of you getting in touch with your body mm-hmm. and because no two bodies are the same. Yeah. So you're watching Sex in the City and you think, well, why isn't this getting me off when <laughs> yeah. you your body might operate in a different way yeah, that's and right. different things will titillate you and you're just the whole functionality of you is entirely different. And I think so often... As women, we make ourselves wrong if we haven't had an orgasm or things aren't working like the way we saw on a film or even an instructional video. I mean, however, I don't know any woman who's not had an orgasm that had a rabbit. why there's so many vibrators right. so there's different vibrators for different, different people bodies. exactly yeah. yeah i think i killed three rabbits in my lifetime well, thank um, you. Yeah. i'm a bit killer i know <laughs> you're gonna be your first folks <laughs> That could be like a new thing to put on your tombstone. How many rabbits you get through in your lifetime? Need a whole other show about how many incredible vibrators are on the world. I know. Well, I need to write that down. I'm like, I need to find someone who could talk to me. Although there's so many great sex shops in this city. So let's talk about that. There's so many great sex shops that you can go in and ask questions. The staff are more often than not, very well educated. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are offering really great classes. Yes. Yes. So What's there's that? something... Uh, the Art of Loving is one. Yes. Art of Loving, yeah. yeah. That one's fantastic. Yeah. And you go and they do classes and you can learn more about yourself. You can learn more about men. I mean, there's so much to sure. learn. Yeah. And get curious. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's not much education in porn, unfortunately, <laughs> and they don't depict women very well either. No, that's I where know. I have my issue with it, but um, I'm sure there'll be some people that weigh in on that, but that's okay. Um, but going and educating yourself, and yeah. there's there's fantastic um, sex therapists and yeah. sex educators out there that you can yeah. find on Facebook. That's I right. Mean, yeah. And learn so, so much. So it's being curious. Yeah. And, you know, doing your best to let go of the shame or that it's wrong yeah. in any way. And whatever works for you is right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, definitely. Yeah, there's so many um, stores in this city that, I mean, in the UK, when I was younger, we had, uh, what's it called? There's one that's like right in the middle of all of the, you know, we say the high street where all your kind of mm-hmm. retail stores are and summers. 
Um, they were huge, and they kind of seemed to bring the sex industry into retail you know like mm-hmm. and and it was great because it's just like a regular store it has really nice underwear but you also go a little bit further into the back and you've got your vibrators books and whatever else mm-hmm. um but then here there was so many uh ones there's women's wear as well on commercial yeah are great. Mm-hmm. i've been in there a couple of times mm-hmm. and they've helped me out and uh, the art of loving was always my favorite because i lived yeah. close by to that one um, but yeah, there's there's so much education. I mean, you can go online now and you learn. It might not be the best advice, so <laughs> do your research yeah. before. Do your research. You, and there's yeah. people that teach tantra and everything yeah, else. I mean, right. there's so many different yeah. ways that you can educate yourself and deepen that experience. Yeah. With again, with yourself, yeah, and then right. be able to share and connect more deeply with your partner through having that knowledge. Yeah. 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 Who loves a bit of sexy time? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Is there awesome. anything else on the topic of sex you guys want well, to talk about or bring up? Just briefly, because mm-hmm. we're in relating it back to the trauma and all of mm-hmm. that stuff, is to have a lot of grace with yourself around that topic because – if you've not had the best experience growing up and there's not been a lot of education in the family or open communication, then, then it can be challenging. It can be one mm-hmm. of the, the, the most um, triggering topics out there. And so, um, you know, go at it with a lot of love and compassion, especially when you're, you know, talking about your fantasies or what it is that you want with your yeah. partner. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's a, a great point to kind of open up that conversation is, um, I mean, how many people do you know or friends who have kind of made comments that they're not in a very Mm -hmm. happy sexual relationship? Maybe Mm -hmm. they love their partner, but they're not quite getting what they want. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you just know a couple who aren't happy at all. Um, Like, what advice would you give to them in terms of kind of opening up that sex conversation? Yeah, there's got to be communication, is it? And whether they figure out a way to have that conversation within their unit or again, Bring a third party in. Yeah. Someone who can hold space for that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and have the conversation with yourself first. Because mm-hmm. you might feel that there's a void there, but not fully understand it. So if you can do a little inner reflection, too, yeah. and figure out, you know, what's, where am I feeling the resistance? What desires are not being met that I really feel I need? And get some clarity around that so that when you do communicate with your partner or you have someone support you in that conversation between you and your partner, that you can feel very clear about what it is that you want to share and be able to ask for. Because that's that's vulnerable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very vulnerable. And it's very convoluted a lot of times, too. Yeah. Yeah. If it's you really, a lot of times the best thing is to have someone talk it through with so Mm. you get clear on it yourself. Yeah. 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 That's a really good point. And do you think things like, I mean, this day and age now, we've got Fifty Shades of Grey coming out, kind of opening up the conversation. I've never seen the movie. I've never read the books. Um, I heard they were rubbish, so I haven't bothered. But um, at the same time, I kind of feel it's been nice to see that people are starting to open yep. up the conversation because of a really terrible yep. book or terrible That's movie. Right. But hey, it's, it's definitely brought it to the forefront Absolutely. and made it a lot less... Mm-hmm taboo for yep. sure yeah um so absolutely so thanks to the writer of that book i forget her name i do know <laughs> I forgot. still not seen the movie um i don't yeah. know but it's got that guy who's like the hottest man in the world uh to me jamie dornan <laughs> I mean, 
although he's not speaking in his Irish accent in it, so I kind of refuse to see it because I don't <laughs> want to see him not speaking Irish. Now, that's an accent that makes me orgasm. Oh, my God. More than Irish, especially, like, from Belfast. Holy crap. That's one hot, hot accent. Anyway, I'll stop talking. <laughs> I think the temperature just went up. In the I think it did. I know, I know. We're in this really cozy booth in uh, Vancouver Public Library who have great facilities, yes, but it's, it's getting hot. So I'm going to wrap us up with our quick, well, as quick as we can make it, but there's no rush, quick <laughs> fire round um, with some random questions that I'm just going to aim at one or the other, Jill or Andrea. So let's see. Um, Jill, last time you lied... Mm, it's been a long time since I lied. Wow. That's crazy you can say that. <laughs> I don't know. No? Wow. That's okay. You don't have to know. I don't know. I don't, I don't remember the last time I lied. That's all, hats off to you because I probably lied at least this morning. <laughs> <laughs> She's honest about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll let you know when you're asking questions if I think of something. I'll okay. Come back and answer it. Yeah, we'll come okay. back to it. Great. All right. Let's see. Um, Andrea, favorite boy band crush? Oh. It can be current. You can admit to I don't know. I'm having really a crush. So, um... go old school. Go old school, like from when you were young. Well, I none of them were in boy bands. <laughs> uh, you know what? Uh, I certainly was never crushing on him, but I think very highly of him since he left the boy band, and that's Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah. The, that man is yeah. brilliant. He is. Yeah. Multi-talented, but never crushing. Never crushing? Him. Oh, I crushed on him big time. <laughs> All right. Um, I'll give you the next one, Andrea. Um, best love advice that you've been given? someone has given to you even though you're the queen of giving that advice mm. <laughs> well my grandmother like mm. ask for what you want mm. yeah mm. ask for what you want love it that's nice nice yeah, yeah. thanks grand <laughs> um, jill let's see the worst date you've ever been on Oh, God. I was on a few of those. Um, you can go into as many details as you like. <laughs> uh, what's the worst date I went on? Ah, okay. So, um, uh, I got asked out. I met somebody dancing one night, and he called me and asked me out. And when, we, when he showed up to take me out, he really had no plan other than to pick my brain about what I did. It was not a date. Um. <laughs> it was not a date at all. Did you think it was, it was a date? Oh, yeah. Oh. yeah. He's since been invoiced. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. He's been invoiced, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. And then I'm sure there's many others, but they've been erased from my memory. Yeah. <laughs> Just get them out, yeah. some really great dates, too. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fun to date. But, uh, yeah, not for free, free advice. That sucks. You know, one thing I'll just mention, there was when I was a yoga teacher doing more yoga teaching, 
I had someone call me and I guess at the time I had my phone number on my website, which I've learned not to do, <laughs> um, swiftly took that off. But I had someone call me to try and arrange like a private yoga session. Now from the get go, mm. I knew something was off. off. Because um, they had tried to call me from a blocked number, but it mm. wouldn't come through. So they had eventually called just, you know, with the number unblocked. And um, it was kind of this awkward guy wanting to know, you know, wanting to meet me and maybe interested in a private yoga session. And would I meet him for a coffee? And at the time I had a meetup group. So I was like, you know, I do these meetup groups. Why don't you come to the group? Because I thought at least there'll be other people mm. there. Um, but he didn't seem to be interested in that. And eventually he was just like, oh, I just really want to meet you. You you just sound so ad- adorable. And and I was like, oh, and at the time I wasn't dating and I wasn't with anybody, but I just lied and was like, you know, sorry, I, I have a boyfriend and he hung up. So I knew straight away. So I don't know when you have a business, that's something you also have to yeah. think, you know, keep in the back of your mind that um, maybe they just want a date or maybe they want free advice. <laughs> so Andrea what book are you reading right now uh autobiography of a yogi oh I've read that Mm -hmm. so good Mm -hmm. um and where are you halfway done almost done well I've watched the film Mm -hmm. and I'm probably a quarter to halfway through yeah but it's something that I think I'll read over and over again so tell Chrissy's not getting this book then Okay with that. Yeah, I read that book years ago, but it was it was awesome. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Jill, what's your favorite quote? Mm. There's two favorite quotes. Can I give you both? Yes. The first one is the one tattooed on my arm, which says, "To thine own self be true." And the other one is, uh, "Well-behaved women rarely make history." Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's my mother's as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, you pictures. That's a great one, though. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And um, Andrea, best sex position, favorite sex position. Do you have one? You're gonna uh, now. I'm gonna know more than I want. To know. <laughs> <laughs> we live in the same apartment. I know you guys are roommates. <laughs> I'm just giving she's, you more of a visualization. She, she's <laughs> totally, she's like right now running through all of them in her head. Really? Okay, I'm just going to go for it. Um, he's sitting up with his he- his back against the headboard yeah. and I'm sitting on top. Okay. okay. Uh, I, that's yeah, that's a good. good one. Yeah, I like that one too. I'm terrible with names. I couldn't tell you any names of sex positions other than doggy style. I think is the only one I actually know the names of. But... I, know, I, know, I think I only know three of them too. Yeah. <laughs> Sit up and move that way. <laughs> yeah, step be by slightly intimidating if you're in bed with someone. You're like reverse cowboy. Get it up! What? Just tell me where to go. I'm ready. I know. Do you know one thing I will say is I hate when you have sex with someone and they don't. Like, nothing's really happening. This has happened to me a few times. <laughs> and it's like, they want to move positions, but they won't move you. I like just being like, take hey, me and move me. And yes. That, like, yeah. makes me crazy. But see, yeah. when they're just like, oh, what do you want to do? And I'm like, excuse me. Uh-huh. Someone, that, yeah, someone that takes charge, you know, yes. fully, fully stepping into their masculine energy. Exactly. But remember, I'm six foot one, so I mean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's oh, a lot of I moving. Mean, <laughs> five feet tall, have no problem with it. Us <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> small ones can just get kind of chucked to right a little bit. You gotta take leg room into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you're in a king size bed at least. Yeah. You've got some space. Like <laughs> That would be an awesome meme. <laughs> awesome. And um, let's see, last one. Kind of boring, but always interesting. What are you guys addicted to on Netflix right now? What are you watching? doesn't no, have to be I Netflix. I just finished oh, watching... Yeah. Uh, we just, the I'm Abstract just, series. That's really good. Really and, good. Um, I just finished watching... watching um, uh, great, what's her, what is it again? You know what? Grace. Uh, oh, Frankie and Grace. Frankie oh. and Grace. Is that with, oh God, what's her name? I'm going Jane to Fonda. Yes. And Jane Lily Thomas. Thomas. And, okay, Tom, I've heard that's yeah. pretty funny. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. so good. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, so on point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Hilarious. So on point. Now, I have actually seen, like, the, um, you know, just the picture comes up on Netflix, and it is a picture of a vibrator right oh, now. Oh, yeah. That TV yeah. show. Yeah. So, so funny. Okay. Second season. Yeah. Okay. Last season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, second yeah, yeah. season. That's First right. season, it was uh, yam, badge, uh, uh, lubricant. Yeah. <gasps> Made out of yams. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Is that real? Is that or is that just <laughs> I mean, I really like. Well, yams. I know yams have lots of estrogen in them, so I yeah, mean, nice. it, it makes sense. But I don't know. We'll have to Google that. Yeah, I know. Okay, I'm ask be the Google. Watching Frankie and Greece when mm-hmm. I get home. Awesome. Um, any last thoughts? Anything you guys want to tell us about what's coming up in the world for you in the next few months, year? Well, uh, part of what I do is oracle readings. So, uh, but there's a little twist on my oracle readings. They are the cards are essentially access into some deeper mentorship work. So, I just launched a, a program where people can work with me for six months. It's a half an hour a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, very, very reasonable as far as cost goes. Yeah. Um, so, it's like an entryway of somebody who's wanting either to so i have clients that i've worked with really deep before that are now doing this as an add-on okay um and then there's people who are just kind of stepping into uh, talking about spirituality and mm-hmm. talking about their lives and, and looking for direction and this is a nice easy way to ease your way into the work as well awesome yeah i love it so keep an eye out for that and remind me of your website jillpresscott.ca Awesome. And yeah. you do really cool guided meditation evenings of guided meditation. Yeah, if you live in Vancouver, I do. people host them in their homes, and I come in, you gather your people, and there's people who follow me around that show up too. And uh, nice. we do guided meditation and channeled healing events that are really powerful. Sweet. And yeah. And you're always on Facebook Live. Actually, I'm both always of you are always on Facebook Live. Facebook too. Lives, yeah. Monday Musings every Monday night. I do okay. free readings on Monday wow. nights. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Get in there early. Yeah, you got to post between 7 and 7.15 because within that first 15 minutes, there's usually about 50 questions. Wow. So I cut it off at 7.15 so I'm not still reading at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Want to get to bed at some point. Yes. (laughs) For that reverse out of my position. I figured out if I stop taking questions at 7.15, I'm done by 8. So that's how it works. Awesome. Set your boundaries. That's right. Perfect. Well, that's Mm. exciting. So, yeah. Keep an eye out for Jill on Facebook Live. And Andrea, what about you? Well, the dinner party's still doing its thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can go to the Facebook page. Um, I'm more active with live videos there, too, just answering questions that come up about the dinner party because it's such a unique dating service. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and there's lots of intel there also on the website, which I'm sure you'll share. And um, right now, uh, men, take note. I've got lots of amazing women, and uh, I'm looking for more men. So okay. if you mm. want, you can always go to the website and uh, book a call with me, too, before you make any commitment to really see if it's the right fit for you. But the dinner party is continuing to grow and go strong. Um, and then I've got my Create Your Love Story program, which I'm really super proud of. Um, I've spent the last year really putting together a beautiful program. I've had some amazing people go through it, and it really um, creates some huge openings for them and, and help deepen their relationship with self and, and with love in their life. Um, so it uh, is going twice a year, and uh, the next program launches tomorrow, actually. Okay. Um, and then it'll uh, launch again in the fall. And um, it's really big, deep, opening heart work mm -hmm. and helping you come out of maybe feeling frustrated or stuck or from a place of giving yeah. up mm -hmm. and working through what's causing that and, and then helping you entirely flip the script on your love life and really consciously creating what it is that you want and then moving into putting all of that into action. Yes. So you're graduating from the program dating. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, and then I do my love talks once a month and we talk about sex, we Yay. talk about dating, we talk about relationships, love and all those good things. And then I could be in a cafe near you. Yeah. Nice. So you post on Instagram where you're going yeah, to be? Yeah, I post on Instagram where I'm going to be and on Facebook and then I, you know, I talk about it after. But if you see it and you want to sit down and just jam with me about what's going on. You can do that, um, and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching, and I do another really cool service called Love Bumps, so That's awesome. if you're dating and something comes up and you're like, he said this, or she did that, and I have no idea what that means, <laughs> or what should I do, I you can book a Love Bump, which is just a half-hour laser-focused coaching session where yeah. I help you sort of cut through the dating fat and give you clarity so that you can move forward making really good decisions. Amazing. Isn't that great? <laughs> yeah. Love Bumps. I was so fantastic. I I wish you had this when I had been dating. But hey, if anything comes up with my... Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you're in a relationship, yeah. as I said, you should continue to date exactly. when you're in a relationship. Yeah. yeah, just hit me up. I'm there for you. As awesome. I say, I've got your romantic back. So Perfect. Well, I'll put all links to websites and everything, um, your cool. social media handles in the notes at the bottom Great. of the podcast. Awesome. Um, but yeah, thanks so much, ladies. That's fun. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Was so much fun. So happy you guys yeah. were the first. And uh, <laughs> you have set the bar high <laughs> so uh yeah i'm excited hey maybe we'll check in again down yeah, the road absolutely. and have some more uh, sexy our one year times. anniversary or two year anniversary <laughs> or three year anniversary. that's right i'll bring cake next oh, yes. totally. we're totally. gonna set this as the day yeah. exactly no, same day every year yeah meet you back here at the library perfect <laughs> and we'll see which new sex positions we right. come up with yeah <laughs> I think I need to go take another class at Art of Loving. I know, I know. I just have a book, but I don't know what I did that had all well, of it. Well, The Joy of Sex has every single position yeah. known to man and woman and maybe yeah. some animals. So <laughs> They started it. It's a classic. Yeah. There's always a Kama Sutra, good old classic. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you better be doing yoga if you're doing that. Oh, so. yeah. I know. Yeah. Well, I do do yoga, but I still don't think I'm that flexible. <laughs> It's going to take a long time. But anyway, thank you, ladies. Thank, thank, thank you. you again. Yeah.
Thanks for listening to Deb Talks, the podcast. We would love to hear from you. So feel free to leave your comments below. Or hey, if you really enjoyed this podcast, then would love it if you could rate us highly on iTunes. If you have any questions or even topic ideas for future episodes, then you can email me at info at devtalkstv.com. You can always keep up with us on social media. We're on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at devtalkstv. And you can view our past video episodes on our website at devtalkstv.com. We'll see you next time.